0: Hello friends, and welcome to my podcast, Mama Mystery. This show is in conjunction with my YouTube channel, so you might notice that my past episodes are actually just the audio from those videos. This episode, however, is my first time using just a microphone and no video, so it is in true podcast format. I'm actually hoping I can continue to do shows this way because, I'm not gonna lie, not having to do my hair or makeup for an episode is pretty ideal. So. Thank you for joining me. I assume you and I are a lot alike and that we both enjoy listening to true crime stories, which might make us a little weird, but I think it just makes us more interesting. I have been intrigued by true crime for years. I've watched all the forensic files, Dateline, Snapped. Shoot, I remember watching Autopsy on HBO when I was way too young to be watching HBO. Um, That part is actually kind of embarrassing to admit, but whatever. It wasn't until recently, though, that I shared my passion for true crime with others who suggested I start a podcast. And I honestly don't know why... I never thought of that before, but here we are, better late than never. So the story I'm going to share today is that of five-year-old Haley Cummings. I remember watching details of this case on Nancy Grace because this happened right around the same time as the Kaylee Anthony case. And as most of you know, Kaylee Anthony was a little girl who went missing from Orlando, Florida in June of 2008. Kaylee's mom, Casey, never reported Kaylee missing, and it wasn't until Kaylee's grandparents realized that they hadn't seen Kaylee in over a month that they finally called the police to report her missing. Casey then led them on this wild goose chase, leading them on with fallacy after fallacy, and then Kaylee's remains were eventually found in a marshy area near the family's home, Casey was charged for her death, but was later acquitted in a shocking turn of events that set her free, and I remember where I was when I watched that verdict. Um, I was enraged, as I'm sure many of you were also, and I will probably cover this case. I keep saying that in every episode. I'm like, maybe I'll cover that case eventually. I'm sure I will. Okay, I'm sure I will, but it's just, it's going to put me in a bad mood, so I got to decide on a day where I'm willing to be in a bad mood for this show. But anyway, while her case was garnering tons of national attention, little Haley Cummings went missing around the same time and didn't garner even half as much attention. However, the details were very similar. So in today's podcast, we will be covering what happened to Haley Cummings. Cummings was born on August 17, 2003, to Ronald Cummings and Crystal Sheffield. She was born with a condition called Turner Syndrome, which is a condition that only affects females, and it's when a girl is missing part of one, if not an entire X chromosome. This can cause a variety of medical and developmental problems, including short stature, failure of ovaries to develop, hearing or vision loss, widened necks, swollen hands and feet, and other symptoms. But despite these issues, Haley was a gorgeous little girl who loved to play with her friends and her little brother. She had a big, beautiful smile, big brown eyes, sun-kissed blonde hair. She was an exceptionally beautiful little girl. And I think I feel drawn to this case because she resembles my own daughter in a way. She was so sweet-natured, happy-go-lucky, and a people pleaser, which just makes this whole case even more heartbreaking. So Haley's dad, Ronald, who was 25 at the time of Haley's disappearance, worked nights as a rolling crane operator. And Crystal actually moved to a different part of Florida and gave up custody to Ronald because she struggled with drug abuse, but she still tried to visit every other weekend. Haley lived with her brother, Ronald Jr., her father, Ronald, and his then 17-year-old girlfriend, Misty Croslin. Misty, according to her father, had a sixth grade level education and reportedly couldn't read. She met Ronald because she was actually babysitting Ronald's third child, and Misty would apparently hang around after Ronald would show up to pick up his kid to alert Ronald to the fact that the child's mother wasn't taking good care of the kid. Whether or not this is true is yet to be discovered, but it's worth noting that Misty was, one, the 16-year-old babysitter at the time, and two, Did Misty really care about the well-being of the child or was she just using this as a means to communicate with Ronald and get closer to him and like maybe flirt with him? I don't know. Um, Because later on in this story we learn how much she really dedicates herself to the well-being of children. It's important to note the conditions in which Haley lived. Her and her family lived in a mobile home near marsh and wetlands and While Haley's biological mom was known to struggle with drugs, she was not the only one. Ronald and Misty were also known to love the party scene. And later on in this story, they were convicted on drug trafficking charges, which we'll talk about later. Ronald was accused of being volatile and violent, which is evidenced in a 911 call that I'll also play for you later. And Misty's family treated prison like it had a revolving door. Both of her parents and her brother were in and out of jail and frequently in trouble with the law. Um, if you look up pictures of her family, it's almost like straight out of the movie Deliverance. Like this family, I, there's a lot of missing teeth. There's a lot of just mouth breathers and they just look like, I don't know. I, I, I say this at the risk of sounding super judgmental, but they're just your stereotypical like white trash family. I hate even saying those words, but after you hear what happened to this child, you might not feel so bad about, you know, judging them. I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just judgmental, that's fine. Um, They really didn't have much to their names, but Haley still seemed like a very happy kid. Every picture you find of her, she's grinning from ear to ear. She looks like she's having fun um, and she looks like just a well-rounded, happy kid, despite her circumstances. But on February 9th of 2009, Haley Cummings came home from school like any other day. Shortly after she got home, Ronald went to work the evening shift at his job, leaving his girlfriend, Misty, to care for Haley and Ronald Jr. According to several accounts, the afternoon and evening went well. Haley rode her bike, had dinner with her little brother, they watched movies, had baths, and then went to sleep around 8 p.m. So when you walk into their home, there are actually two entrances. So we will be talking about the entrance that Haley allegedly used to exit the home. This was not the front door, rather this was the side door located on the narrow end of the trailer. And when you come in through this door, you go through a little hallway and enter the kitchen and dining area. But on the other side of that wall to the right, There is the master bedroom with its own bathroom, and that is where everyone slept. There was a mattress on the floor, a large mattress on the floor that uh, Misty and Ronald would sleep in. And then there was a smaller mattress on the opposite side of the room where Haley supposedly slept. Nobody seemed to use the two spare bedrooms on the opposite side of the house, but there were two extra bedrooms over there with an additional bathroom. So when Haley's dad, Ronald, got home from work on the night of February 9th, around 3 a.m., Croslin told him that she had just discovered Haley missing from her bed. Her initial story was that she woke up to go to the bathroom, but that she had gone to the other side of the house to use the bathroom instead of using the bathroom in her room. And her story changes Sometimes she says that she got up to go to the bathroom. Other times she says she got up to get a drink of water. And when she was confronted with this lie by Meredith Vieira on The Morning Show or Good Morning America, she asked Misty why she lied and she just stared at her. I mean, I don't know if she was high or just really that out of it, but she just looks at her and says, I don't know. I don't know why I lied. I don't know. And it's it's like so frustrating to try and get information out of this person who's who doesn't even seem to be on this planet. But anyway, it was apparently then that she noticed the light in the kitchen was on, and that the back door was propped open with a cinder block. She said she then went to the bedroom where she noticed Haley was missing. So they call nine one one, and here is a clip from that call.
1: I just woke up in my bed. I open and her can't find not what? My
0: Okay, what's your address?
1: Um, Green Lane. Okay, when did you last see her? Um, we were just like, you know, it was about 10 o'clock. She was sleeping like, she's cleaning. Okay, how old is your daughter? She's five. Okay, what well, was she wet, last seen wearing? Daughter, her. No. Ma'am? She was and I was like, homeless. Okay, all right said Your back door was wide open. Yes, yeah, it was like a brick, like a brick on the Well, like when I was asleep, the road was not like that. Yeah, like, it's still there. They We got them coming. Tell them we got them coming. They're coming. Okay, what's the color of your house, ma'am? It's blue. Blue. Okay. Okay. What? What does she look like? How tall is she? Give me some description of her. Oh, she looks like. It's like long hair, curly, like curls. Long, yeah. curled. What? What color? Um, she's white. Okay, and what color? Hair. Brown hair. Yeah. Wait, tell, tell your husband we got him coming, okay? Huh? Um, how much does she weigh? Um, like 40, 50 pounds. 60 pounds. Forty to sixty pounds. Yeah. Okay, well, I need somebody to get she's here. Coming. Coming. Okay, let me speak to him so he can yeah, 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 yeah. I just got home from work, my five-year-old daughter is gone. I okay. need somebody to be here okay. now. I'm Listen telling to you. me. Listen to me. we got two officers. If I find whoever has my daughter before y'all do, I'm killing them. I don't uh, care. Okay. I'll spend the rest okay. of my life in prison. I'm telling you, you can put it on record and I don't care. Okay, it's okay, sir. We got him on the way. Okay, can you give me any, what kind of description of her pajamas that she was wearing? Okay, sir, we got him coming, okay? Hello? Okay, sir. Let me talk to your wife. So I, let me get some information from her. Um, okay. Can I talk to her? Okay. How the fuck you my dog go, Ma'am. Yeah. Okay. Listen, to me. I need you to a- I answer some questions. Does the door look like it was pried open? Um. Yes, yes. Does it look like it? Does it look like you had some sort of someone try to enter into your house? Hold on. And, and another thing. Make sure you and your husband don't touch the door anymore. Don't don't mess with the door or anything. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't look like it is. No. Okay, now listen. Tell your husband to not touch anything, make Lots sure because we're gonna try to get a canine out there.
0: Okay.
1: You, she said don't touch anything because they're bringing canine out here. What's her date of birth. Yes. I'm gonna fucking kill somebody. Okay, well, tell him we understand. We need to get her date of birth. What's her date of birth? We need to find her. Okay, listen to me. I'm getting this information. I'm not the officer driving out there, okay? Okay. They're, they're coming out there to handle that situation. I need to gather all information from you over the phone. Okay. It has nothing to do with me driving out there. The officers are taking care of that, okay? <laughs> they're coming out there, okay? Okay. Okay. I'm going to stay on the phone with you, okay? Okay. Until they get there. All right. Hang on. Tell him we got him coming. He needs to try to calm down a little bit, okay? The officers are going to come out there and do what they can. We can't have him screaming and yelling at the officers whenever they get there, okay? Got better people to talk to to than a fucking motherfucker that ain't coming.
0: So, my initial impression of this call is that Ronald is clearly, genuinely distraught. Misty sounds very flustered and confused and almost childlike on the phone, like a kid who's in trouble and having to tell on themselves but in any case, you can sense the hysteria and the chaos because Haley is missing. Upon arrival, the Putnam County Sheriff's Office found no sign of forced entry into the family's double-wide trailer, but said that the back door may have been unlocked and propped open with a cinder block. Police launched an extensive search, but found no leads as to where Haley might be. In the police report, An angry Ronald said, quote, his dumb bitch girlfriend told him Haley was gone when he got home from work. Ronald said he didn't know what she was wearing and that all he knew was that the back door was standing open. Ronald repeatedly said that someone had taken his child and also said, when I find him, I'll kill him, according to the police report. He also said this multiple times in the phone call to 911. And if you listen closely towards the end, he says we got more imp- more important people to talk to than these people who aren't coming, which makes you wonder who he's referring to. Does he have an idea of who may have taken her? Um, it just it's just one of those things that makes you go hmm. Um, but you know, I genuinely believe that Ronald. You know came home to find his daughter missing I don't think that Ronald had anything to do with Haley's disappearance I think Misty had a lot more to do with the disappearance and has answers to a lot more questions that she's just not letting on I've also read that Misty had disappeared the week before this incident on a week-long drug and alcohol bender and that she returned February 9th the day Haley went missing so If that were the case, why would Ronald trust her to stay with his children? Anyway, for weeks, multiple law enforcement agencies and hundreds of volunteers searched for the missing girl. Thousands of tips poured in from around the country, but police never found a trace of Haley. Then in an unusual turn of events, just one month after Haley went missing, Ronald proposes to Misty at their local Chili's. I'm sorry, their local Chili's. They immediately attempted to get married. There's a three day waiting period in Florida and they didn't want to waste any time. So they tried to get married at their local church, but the pastor of the church did not approve of the marriage for obvious reasons. The timing was incredibly inappropriate and Misty being only 17 years old had to get permission from her parents to get married. Which they approved so they got married in their backyard i'm sorry i'm not dogging on backyard weddings because i know some can be beautiful but this is the backyard of a trailer so there's like a chain link fence in the backyard and you can tell that this whole wedding is just like haphazardly put together because misty is in this strapless wedding dress and her hair is in one of those like Typical early 2000s updos like pulled back as tight as it can go giving you almost like a faux facelift And then there's like these tight shiny curls piled up on the top of her head with two long strands of bangs Framing her face. It's like I remember wearing that same hairstyle When I was a freshman in high school at my freshman homecoming and this is dating me because that was that was early 2000s and then the groom wore a black fitted, get this, a wife beater tank top. You guys, I cannot make this stuff up. So many asked, why in the world would you get married at a time like this when your daughter is missing and there's this ongoing investigation, like you're drawing attention away from that by getting married. People are just asking, you know, what what are you thinking? And so... Ronald and Misty answered that by saying that this is what Haley wanted and that when she returned they'd have a bigger ceremony but why would you do it without her if that's really what she wanted? Others pointed out the much more believable reason which was that in court spouses cannot be compelled to testify against one another so that might offer a much more believable reason as to why they were so quick to get married. But the reason for the hasty marriage wouldn't matter because they split after only six months. Apparently, the weight of all the scrutiny and investigation regarding missing Haley was too much for their marriage to withstand. And Ronald reportedly grew frustrated with Misty's ever-changing stories about that night. So he initiated the divorce proceedings and their divorce was final that year so there are many theories as to what happened to Haley some witnesses said that Misty had brought Haley to a party that same night and that Haley got a hold of some drugs and accidentally overdosed then the witness said people at the party disposed of Haley's body in a nearby pond and this might explain why there was no physical evidence at the Cummings home But when police drained and scoured the pond where Haley was allegedly dumped, they found nothing. There was also no other physical evidence to prove this theory. No pictures, no other witnesses, nothing. It was just hearsay, or I guess a bogus tip. Another theory was that Misty's brother Tommy came over to the Cummings' home on the night of February 9th because of a dispute over a gun, and when he couldn't find the gun that he was looking for, he instead took Haley and dumped her into a river attached to some cinder blocks. But again, this theory remains unproven. And I personally don't believe this theory, especially considering Tommy's involvement with Misty and Ronald later on. So if this was something that really could have happened, why would they still be hanging around Tommy is my question. So I don't believe that this is what happened. Um, Some speculated that Haley was abducted to repay a drug debt, which might make sense considering they were all involved in drugs and Misty was in, was missing that entire week prior to her disappearance on a drug bender, only retur- to return on the day she went missing. So is it possible that she owed a drug dealer and the dealer took Haley as collateral? I, I can see that as a possibility. Um, what I really think happened was that Misty somehow whether accidentally or on purpose, caused the death of Haley, and then got rid of Haley's body. I don't believe it happened in the home. I think she propped open the door with a cinder block to make it look like Haley was abducted because there was a deadbolt lock on the door and it was unlocked. So anyone coming into the home would have had to have a key to get into the home. There was no sign of forced entry. So either the door was opened with the key or the door was opened from the inside. So, um, Misty claimed to have passed a lie detector test, but according to Texas EQSearch who administered the polygraph tests and a voice stress test, they said she actually failed miserably. Ronald Cummings was asked by Nancy Grace about taking a polygraph test and he declared he had passed, but there is no evidence and that information was never released by the authorities. As Haley's case went cold, Ronald Cummings and Misty Croslin got into even more unrelated trouble. On January 20th of 2010, less than a year after Haley went missing, the dynamic duo was arrested with Misty's brother, Tommy Croslin for trafficking controlled prescription medications and there's actually video of this because it was a sting operation. There was an undercover cop um, acting as the recipient of these drugs and so it's all on video. According to Putnam County records, they were arrested for having 330 tablets of oxycodone and hydrocodone in their car their bonds were set excessively high so they would have to be remanded at the jail to await trial and sentencing. And I can't help but wonder if this was a ploy to get them to confess any information they had regarding Haley's disappearance or to maybe even snitch on other people involved in drug trafficking. But this was to no avail as it led to no new information. Instead, Ronald was sentenced to a reduced term of only 15 years if he agreed to testify for the state in future cases involving drug counts or his missing daughter. Misty, however, didn't fare so well. She was sentenced to 25 years for a single count of trafficking oxycodone. I guess in Florida, they don't mess around. Her brother was sentenced to 15 years it does seem pretty ludicrous that these charger charges garnered such stiff sentences, but considering their actions over the course of that year, it's hard to imagine that Haley's disappearance didn't have some sort of sway in these decisions, which I know is unethical, probably illegal, but it's just one of those things that makes you go, hmm. So 10 years have now come and gone, and there is still no sign of Haley Cummings nor are there any new details regarding what actually happened to her. Unfortunately for Haley, it doesn't sound like she really stood a chance. She was dealt pitiful excuses for parents who were engulfed and preoccupied with drugs, child neglect and prison sentences. Their likelihood of rehabilitation was slim as their resources were so few and far between and they were surrounded by friends and family who were all in the same boat. I would like to think Haley could have grown up to create her own path and actually make a name for herself despite her upbringing, but unfortunately, she never got that chance. I wanna thank you for listening to my first official podcast. Like I said in the beginning, I also have a YouTube channel, so my other episodes on here are just the audios that I extracted from those episodes. But today was the first time I've actually created something in true podcast form. So I hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any constructive feedback, I would love and appreciate to hear it. Please review this podcast on iTunes so that it reaches other people as well. Again, thank you for listening. Until next time, stay safe.
1: Oh, look at Pocket mirror, cute. No, that's a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 4. Wait, it was so tiny,
0: but it just unfolded into a full-size phone.
1: Wow. Wow. She's only gone and popped it on the side and took a selfie. Totally hands-free. Nice. Would you look at her now? She's watching a movie while getting her hair done. I'm well,
0: gel. Flexible design for any situation with the Galaxy Z Flip
1: 4. A serious flex.